hopefully this is better. Was that my side or yeah? It actually doesn't tell me. It kind of just said, hey, your internet's not working. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so we're, we're sorted. Um, I think I'm just going to continue assuming that that last week recording isn't going to be part of it. I don't think we're going to miss 25 seconds. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Calm, how have you been? You're feeling sick. I'm feeling sick, but I'm feeling good. I, okay. I went, moved into Wellington, got a part-time job, and just got a few more weeks until my master's starts. Um, so just been cruising, really, and exploring the place and meeting people, which has been good. That's really good. And are, are you doing the job that you said you were going to do last time I caught up with you? Uh, depending what I had so many jobs offers and like things yeah. that could have been, but now I'm just doing like part-time support work. Um, so I'm, it's just like an individual guy who's 21 with like autism and learning disabilities. So I just go around to the place where he lives and look after him for like a few hours at a time, which has been like, very chill and also very rewarding, which is cool. That's really good. It sounds like a pretty good experience. Do you reckon it's going to be a lot to do while you're studying at the same time? No. Like, it's re- – because really, it's just like – I mean, there's still a person who, like, you know, enjoys their own time. So a lot of the time you're kind of just, like, sitting in the living room and just, like, hanging out, waiting until they want something. So mm-hmm. I can – actually study while up there because i mean that was one of my big worries about coming up here was being able to afford it and study at the same time so the um the mother of this person has been really like good and flexible on ours so i should be able to make it work yeah that's brilliant i sorry i just um one of the questions i actually wanted to ask you i feel like i might as well ask you straight off the bat um, how's your Shearsies portfolio looking? Because holy crap, the New Zealand stock market's blown up over the last few days. It's been insane. Yeah, well, I've actually done my weekly transfer into it today and taking a look. Mine is weirdly actually like taken a downturn recently. Um, oh, really? Like I'm still up. But, like, my percentage returns have actually half. So, I'm. it's interesting to see why. I mean, for me, most of it's come from, like, investing in Air New Zealand, who have kind of had, like, a little bubble through, like, the end of lockdown, where the prices for shares went up heaps. And now they've kind of just taken, like, a big downturn again. So... I'm kind of like, I'm still fine with it. Like, I'm just going to invest in them anyway because I know, like, in the future they will rise still. Um, but, yeah, Air New Zealand took a big hit. So, not looking as good as it once was for me. Yeah, it's, I find this such a fascinating, um, I guess, like, would you call it a hobby part-time? I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's something you need to put a little bit of time into getting your head around. And it, even when you're trying to figure out even when you're in the process of like trying to figure it out, it still just seems so arbitrary and random almost. Like, I don't know if I was telling you, but there's this one ETF I'm invested in, Blackwell Global Holdings, and it's up 350% in 
Jeez. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> I don't understand why. It's just like a standard like financial holdings group. And they are just, yeah, apparently really valuable now. Just overnight sort of thing. It, it, so that's, I think that's interesting. Yeah, it, it's like, for me, it's still one of those things, like, the more I know, the less I know, where I'm like, really, it's still, like, the only reason these are changing because people think that they're worth more, regardless if they are or not. Like, their inherent value just, like, changes because of what people believe at any given time. And Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, it's, I think I'm never going to be able to understand it really. Um, but yeah, I just think like I'm getting into the stage with it now where I'm just looking really long term and not trying to get too sucked into the like, oh, it's going to leap up huge amounts in a short amount of time and then I can cash out because I feel like once I try to get into that, it's just not going to work well for me. I feel like that's borderline just gambling, right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at some of my things now as well. And are you? have you seen the responsibility fund? Uh, which one is... Oh, the New Zealand responsible fund. Yeah, it's so cool. Like I've got, I've got um, some shares with like the Global Water Fund and like New Zealand Responsible Power Fund. And all sorts of stuff like that. I think it's so cool. Yeah. Like, you can actually invest in quite practical things. Yeah. And who would have thought that there would be... Who would have thought that there's, like, commercial stock on something like water? Yeah, it, like... It's kind of terrifying. It really is. Um, because the New Zealand Responsible Fund, I'm actually, like... That's where I'm putting most my shares at the moment. Because I guess... Like, it's a way of doing it for me, a way of doing it, you know, somewhat, like, ethically and, like, responsibly, where, like, you're putting it into something that you actually, like, believe in the values of it somewhat, as opposed to, like, putting it in the things that you know will make huge amounts of money over time, but, like, in things that it can be, like, quite nefarious, like, don't really want to go putting all my money into, like, Facebook or something like that. Absolutely. And I feel like, because you're a big advocate for privacy and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 And so I feel, I feel like, especially for you, because of, I mean, Facebook's probably the prime example of something you wouldn't want to be involved in, regardless of how functional it is and how um, an elastic it is to people nowadays. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And it's like, I'm not at that stage of it where I'm willing to sacrifice my like personal beliefs to make a bit more money over like a few years you know i think it's fantastic do you think i've 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 thought about this i've had the same opinion actually for so long i have a feeling that until you get mega rich you don't know what it's like and you can't understand the virtues and morals and all that sort of stuff behind it because otherwise there's no explanation for like the inequality if that kind of makes sense yeah, definitely. And I think, like, I mean, I've almost had this actually with, like, the gym recently and kind of, like, the same situation where it's, like, when you're from the outside and, like, seeing people do it and live their life in this certain way, 
I'm like, I don't really get it at all. Like, and it doesn't make sense to me. And it's only since like going to the gym and like doing it like regularly, like seeing how people can get sucked into a lifestyle and that become their way of life. Whereas like previously I would have like never thought that. So in the same way, I feel like it can work with pretty much any one of these, like whether it be interests or like lifestyle directions that you just don't really know, which like how people can have those values. Absolutely. It's all about reference points really at the end of the day. I mean, when you are told something or something happens to you, people generally tend to reference the experience based on something else that they've experienced, if you know what I mean. Mm. And, and I think that it's like reference point, sorry, reference points are definitely a big part of my philosophy in life at the moment, especially when it comes down to my view on like anything ethical, mm. because at the end of the day, it's all just about what people have previously experienced and that's generally the rubric for how people act in the in the future etc yeah that's actually that's quite funny because like it's something my mum has been like always has told me for years and one of those things I've never like really taken that much like acknowledgement of when she's been saying it but just saying like you can't get people to change on words alone like you have to have them experience the thing that you want them to like change in a certain way too and I never really like took much notice of it but like as time goes on and I have more and more experiences throughout like a variety of different things like my beliefs just become so much more different and like change so much more yeah absolutely I mean you have to convince yourself of stuff and that's actually one this is another point that I've been harping on at the moment and wanted to talk to you about as I think it's so important to be able to listen to your own advice right and the reason i'm talking about this is because like you have to be absolutely convinced of something before you actually like will what's the word i'm looking for practice it i think i'm trying to say mm-hmm. so i think it's such a good note of um i think it's such a good note you have to be like yeah so i'm, I'm articulating this poorly beyond poorly right now but do you kind of catch what i'm on about. I would like I think that give me like an example of it that's like been one of your you know a note that you've been on about it like one of your reference points for that okay so for me if I have the audacity to comment on a relationship or something I'm observing right but then a lot of the time I'm not acknowledging when I'm doing the exact same thing myself okay yeah if that kind of makes sense and it's like you I feel like you have to be absolutely convinced of it yourself before you can first of all make the change. But then this like other element I'm talking about of listening to your own advice. It's like, I think that that just brings a whole new standard to it. Yeah. And um, yeah. Do you kind of catch my drift now? I'm still, da- I'm still dancing around the point. I'm kind of blanking. <laughs> I do. I do know what you mean, but I like, yeah. and this is what, but this is one of the things that I do run into a lot with that, where it's like, you know, you have to kind of like listen to your own advice and take, you know, really believe that. But then there's, you run across this fine line of then like taking yourself far too seriously, which then like inhibits your ability to change in like other ways. Um, yeah, of course. Which like I, you know, it's, which I find is like the hard thing is taking that middle ground where you like, 
you know, can really believe what you're saying and preaching because you've had those experiences that not being then so rigid that what anyone else says is kind of redundant. Absolutely. I think that that's something that you, you, yeah, again, you'd have to be like convinced yourself that impartiality is like the optimal way to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. And I just think that people are so often in these like we echo chambers where that specific way of thinking, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be good or bad is encouraged and perpetuated because if that's all that you're hearing, then, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I'm at the moment, um, yeah, really trying to practice like that impartiality, I think, like just realizing how easy it is to get caught up in certain behaviors of like the people you're around. And it's just like, I think it is a natural thing that we have, but I do find it like a good, I don't know, like a good mental test to try stay like impartial and then like still hold on to like your true values while taking in all this other stuff, but not necessarily changing it because everyone else around you is saying it. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful note as well. It's easier said than done a lot of the time, I think. Like myself personally, I found when I was younger, you know, high school to first year and all that sort of stuff, I was so easily influenced by people. And especially if I thought somebody was smarter than me, I'd almost instantly believe whatever they'd say. Yeah. You know, and it's like, as you're saying now, that impartiality is sort of sticking to your guns. Definitely something that I'm also trying to practice a lot more. Mm. And I think that um, I do have a lot of faith in my experiences and the lessons that I've learned. And I think that I, I'm quite happy with my current reference points, if that kind of makes sense. It is. Do you find it interesting seeing, like, and observing the certain people that you are way more impressionable by and, like, like trying to observe what factors about that person and whether it be their personality or their values that makes you inherently, like, believe, like, a whole lot more of what they say than, like, other people? Cause like, well, I think it all comes down to personality and conviction and how, how articulate the person is, you know what I mean? Like how easy their message is coming across, how digestible it is. Mm-hmm. I think that those are very important factors. And if, if because I think I look at it, if that person has such conviction and they're so convinced, there must be a reason why, especially if I'm nowhere near as convinced on a topic, then I feel like naturally you would be inclined to, believe what they're talking about right yeah i guess as long as it's like practical to your life you know like some people do have like convictions about things that are just like so not relevant to you whatsoever that like you know it's never going to be a thing that you're really going to like change because it's just like there's no way to apply this in my life or like to apply it in my life in a way that i want my life to go Mm -hmm. um Cause you know, like it's, it's interesting, like, you know, sometimes you have friends who might be like super convicted on like things like, I don't know, whether it be like conspiracy theories or something where you're like, you know, I could delve down this and be like really influenced by them and how, you know, like certain things work in the world, but does it re- like, is it really that applicable to my life? And is it worth my time delving into that? True. I, I think that is definitely a good note, but I sort of thought, you were talking more along the lines of like, what if you've never thought about the topic that person, the person's convicted, ah, so convinced of, if that kind of makes sense. It's like, I think that maybe that's a big part of religion. So 
people could be down and out and then they see this super happy and convicted person talking about this solution to everything mm. i feel like you'd be super inclined to listen to that or i mean maybe if you're like in a down and out society and you know maybe you're in russia a hundred years ago and then you don't know anything about politics you know nothing about the economy and then someone just starts going oh yeah we could all be equal mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like i'm sure of course you're going to listen to that sort of stuff again i guess it just comes down to your reference point doesn't it do you like, if you know nothing about politics and someone's absolutely spraying you with like political knowledge you're probably going to be you know do you think the reference point is largely around like happiness i think that at the end of the day we exist to experience happiness right like it's that that's that positive stimulation Mm -hmm. and i think that happiness should be more arbitrary than it is i think a lot of happiness is based around what society tells you happiness is yeah um but yeah, does that answer your answer your question? Yeah, I guess so. Because I mean, if that is like happiness is like the big reference point, you would want to listen to like the people who do preach it and like seemingly successfully preach it and like live that experience, you know, of how to make yeah. life a better place and the people around you better. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, I want to backtrack <laughs> hugely and actually go back to a, a far more lighthearted topic. <laughs> um so you're talking about going to the gym right how have you found that especially like moving up to wellington and getting back into regular life have you still found yourself working out all the time and stuff yeah well i um i've got like i pretty much as soon as i got up here i purchased a gym membership um like just down the road from me which is like really perfect and i actually usually do it before i go to work each like when i go each day um and i found it like really really like beneficial um i mean i was talking to you you know when we were last together about you know how i've started it and really enjoyed it like for like the mental health reasons like really sets you up for your day and you feel good in your body and have like all those endorphins like swirling around you at like the during the day it's like amazing like and I've just found it, yeah, re- like really good to keep doing. Like, uh, you know, there's stages like the last few days I haven't been because I went out and partied during the weekends. So I've been like pretty low energy. Um, and so I do really need to get into it this week. But, yeah, it's, it has been really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you get worried when you can't go? Because I get really worried and like pissed at myself if I didn't work out in a day or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Well, I've actually had this today where I've like I'm like a bit sick and I like pulled into work because I didn't want to get um the like my dude sick. Um, and I'm like, should I go to the gym? Like, I have the energy to do it. I could probably do it in a way where I'm not going to get other people sick at the gym. Um, but I haven't yet, and I'm like kind of a little bit worried. Um. And this is kind of one of the things which I was like, re- like referring to when it like you start doing a certain thing and it changes the way how you think about stuff. Like I would have never been concerned with that, like you know, skipping like a gym day, prior to going, you know. And now it's like oh, I've really got to worry about this and like what I do, like all the things that go around, like kind of that gym lifestyle. Um, so. 
yeah, I, I do get pretty worried about it. And I'm just trying to like, in that impartiality sense, like still keep my main reasons for doing it, which is for mental health and like feeling good throughout the day, not necessarily for like being really muscly and like looking big, because if I can keep that mindset, that impartial mindset, you know, if I only go to the gym like three times a week, I'll be fine with that as opposed to like stressing out for the two days I don't go to the gym because I couldn't be fucked or I was too busy. Yeah, of course. I mean, that was that was naturally my next question. How do you reckon you have changed, especially as you see? I think a big part about it is as you see your body get stronger and more toned and all that sort of stuff, I think it definitely changes your mindset. Yeah. Um, and which is like, kind of interesting because i think both of us are a super similar vibe there it's all about checking your motivations for doing it and i'm pretty confident that neither of us are like oh yo let's try and get hot so we can like go on instagram (laughs) you know what i mean but i think i find personally that seeing that progression is kind of the rewarding part because it shows like how dedicated i have been to it if that kind of makes sense and that's so true like um because you know i've been worried about like this creeping narcissism into it like while i've been at the gym and like just really mm-hmm. spending more time like looking at myself and whatever but i was having a chat with one of my flatmates the other day about this actually and like because we both go to the gym and we're like discussing our thoughts about it as well whereas it's like well essentially like it's just like a skill isn't it like it shows like dedication and hard work and how is that different to any other skill that we may have and like kind of show off on whether it be like playing music or like for me like fire spinning like how much different is it that we've just been working and practicing on something and like we can you know then somewhat reap the rewards from it at the end Mm -hmm. because it's not really that different from any other skill that you have that people will look and be like wow that's like impressive yeah i think it's i think it's funny how the reward is i mean yeah so the reward i think is hugely beneficial mentally as you say i think that's one thing that as soon as you get into a healthy lifestyle is so incredible but it's just i find it so funny is regardless of how self-aware we are of this discussion you know how you say that like creeping narcissism always comes into play I guess it's just because society always encourages that you should look like fit and healthy and all that sort of stuff. And when you kind of do it, I guess there's always that back thought, not, not, you know, kind of on the afterburners, you're like, yo, like I'm doing this and like people are impressed by this and that's good. Um, and I think it just comes back to checking your motivations and even being a little bit aware that that's part of it. You know, like your subconscious biases, you have to check them. And um, I think that, yeah, the benefits are just exceptional, even when you get to that sort of a point, you know? So do you, like, I'm getting from you saying that, that you think, like, a little bit of the feel-good factor becomes from, like, this residual idea of this is how we should look and this is what, like, society and, like, the culture and kind of wants us to be like? Yeah, which I don't necessarily like, um, but I just, I am rewarded by that point in no way am I, if I look at myself where I see that I've got faster running times or I've lifted more, I'm like, I'm like, yo, this is good. And I guess my reference points are just, I've always been told to be fit and healthy. And if you're fit and healthy, then you like 
run faster, lift like higher and look better and all those sorts of things. And I think that that is definitely part of the rubric for success. It's not just like, I'm not, con- I'm not actively blocking that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's kind of, well, I, I guess I'm trying to say it's kind of a shame that that's part of it. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense. So do you think that there's a stage where you like, where you would say it has become unhealthy? Um, well, when I was dieting crazily, I think I was unhealthy then. Um, like when I went on a super high protein diet because I just wanted to get rid of like my final excess body fat. And that like kind of effed me up and really showed me the value of like holistically healthy lifestyle. And it's like after I came back from that, I started going back to, you know, when I came back to Dunedin, I started eating carbs again and all that sort of stuff. And then I actually was healthy. And I feel like there was such a difference in like changing the motivation because then it was like, oh, yo, like I'm fit. I want to look like perfect. And I have to like not eat carbs if I want to do that. And then it kind of changed back to being that holistically healthy thing. And as soon as my motivations were checked, it was just a completely different experience. Ah, so yeah. So that's why, that's why like I, I talk about it in that sort of a vein because I definitely subconsciously had those values that were, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because why else would I try and get my body fat to under like 5%? Yeah. There's no need for that. It's not, it's like who cares yeah at that point it's like i'm not just doing it because i want to be fitter and you know do things better it's like obviously i'm worried about my image at the same time to a point where i'm kind of sacrificing um sacrificing holistic health which is just absurd so now would you say you're at a stage of it where you are like happy with your current whether it be like workout routine and just like lifestyle around it yeah, I, honestly, I think it's, I think I've done super well. Like my lifestyle at the moment is I just intimately fast from like, you know, I eat from like 11 a.m. to about 8 p.m. And then try and get like a workout in, you know, five days a week. But then I have some basketball as well. So like a game will count to count for that. And I just go for runs and just do like calisthenic exercises, you know, yeah. nothing too onerous. Like I'm not going to the gym and, absolutely blind myself out to get as big as possible and all that sort of stuff i definitely like have learned some lessons from it and am happy with where i'm at you know oh sweet that's yeah yeah that sounds cool i'm glad that you've like also had this like progression and it's it's interesting to like you know check in with other people about it and just see if other people have these same beliefs you know because like sometimes i see people at the gym and i'm like why like why are you here like what is the reason for this Mm. it is you know it does vary from person to person and like you know certain levels of like awareness around why they're doing it which is yeah always really yeah interesting. yeah it, it is it is fascinating yeah i think there's just so much pressure um external pressure to look good and all that sort of stuff and i think that's a huge motivator for why a lot of people go to the gym and all that sort of stuff but um it's easy to say it's easy to say that as well because like who the hell am i to know what yeah. everyone's there for you know i also wonder if for some like unconscious reason as well we do it as a like a way that can allow us to be like a better voice in our preachings of whatever we talk about in the sense like if you have someone who's really like physically unhealthy 
and stuff trying to teach you about, you know, how to live your best life, it's not going to have anywhere near as much impact as if it's someone who you can see as like, phys- like physically really like healthy and got like a good holistic style of living and just like how, you know, someone's image in itself can make them way more powerful in the way that they speak and like other people listen to them. Well, I guess it just comes back to the idea of like how society wants you to look, you know, like if you're looking fit and healthy and all that sort of stuff, then you've kind of done what you're supposed to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good note from you, definitely. I guess, it, yeah, it just comes down to that same image, really, doesn't it? Mm. Hmm. Yeah, good note. It's definitely something I haven't given a lot of thought recently. That's why I wanted to ask you, like, how you're going with it all and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah. like, tell you about, you know, like, the change, you know, like, the experiences that I've had with it and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think there's a lot, a lot to it. And you unfortunately have to learn lessons with everything in life and oh, definitely. i guess even even like trying to get fit and healthy can be one of those things as well yeah i think at least i didn't get a major injury or something like that but yeah definitely but hey, yeah um now i just want to find i had some other questions i wanted to ask you oh yeah this is like more fun stuff as well yeah what was your what's the favorite place you've traveled to i feel like i've never asked you that question but i'm so keen on knowing Uh, that that's one that is definitely have to have a little think about. I guess there's yeah. I mean, there's you know in the moment whether it's the best place you've travelled to, or you know in reflection how much you learnt at that place. Because I mean that's that common thing with like if you do like travel a lot and go to different places, especially if it's not just a holiday. Is like lots of times you're at a place and you're like I'm actually like not having a good time I'm really stressed out really worried about this or that or like just feeling like generally like uncomfortable and like homesick but then you look back on it and you're like wow that was like a really like important part of my self-growth so Mm -hmm. in that sense it is like you know I'm trying to think of the ones that come to my head that was like a really cool place where I'd really want to go back um and I would probably say some of, like, I mean, for my lifestyles, like, Indonesia was pretty awesome for, like, just going there and, like, really enjoying it. Um, and that's because, like, I could live kind of like my dream lifestyle in the sense of I was could surf, like, twice a day and then just go eat really cheap, healthy food and have a few beers in the evening and like go to sleep and repeat that and that was like yeah pretty much suiting everything I want like I needed and it was like you know of course like a really beautiful country and like going to these places where like there wasn't all that many people around was really sweet um but I mean yeah it didn't I mean I guess there were stages where it really pushed my comfort zone as well which was cool um like traveling on like a scooter across like islands where like it was just like no road rules at all and you like really had to like value and watch out for your life a lot more because your life was on the line so much more than like what we would ever have like in New Zealand um but that but that was also like quite a cool experience in itself um yeah I don't know like 
I mean, I also really loved living in the UK. That was probably like in terms of like comfort, my like just like loving everything in terms of like same thing. I could like party, I could surf and I could work and like there was no kind of like responsibility, no stresses or like anxieties about anything because I was like relatively safe in my situation. But, yeah, I'd say, like, those two out of the most, I'd say. Do you, could you see yourself living in Indonesia? Uh, uh, yeah, like, not forever, but definitely for a while. I haven't, I mean, I haven't been there in, like, what, four years now? So, I mean, and it's one of those places that is, like, constantly, like, changing and evolving. Um usually to suit like the kind of Western tourism demands, which kind of like fucks over the place a lot. Um, And I mean, that causes lots of like um, ill feelings between like, you know, the people who live there and the tourists, but the people who live there needing the tourism to survive and kind of like the economy that is now there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it it would be like a constantly evolving place that if I went to, I might not enjoy it anymore because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting dichotomy, isn't it? Mm. It's they resent, they have to love the Westerners yeah. that are coming there to provide for their everything. I guess, yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, you know, there were stages there where you'd get like ripped off by someone, and you're like, "Fuck you! Why would you do that?" And then you realize, well, actually like can't, like almost warranted somewhat you know um, yeah definitely yeah how much do you think um security in a place matters to your overall experience because you're saying indonesia is a bit more crazy and a, bit, a lot more free-flowing but in the uk you had that sense of security and all that sort of stuff why why does that stand out to you well as a, one of your favorite places <sighs> I mean, I think, like, there was, I mean, with security in itself, like, you're a lot more comfortable in a place and you know it. It's kind of like being back home, being in Nelson, I know it, I'm secure there. I, like, you know, don't ever have to worry about feeding, you know, like, going hungry and, like, not having a place to stay. Um, But with that doesn't come that same sense of, like, self-growth and, like, pushing your limits and like being completely out of your comfort zone. And like there, I think for me, like being in Indonesia was a place where I really pushed my comfort zone. Like I, cause I did it like by myself and not like, you know, on the islands that everyone went to. So it was like, I remember having a stage there actually when I was, I had um, got like really bad knee infection where I was like getting like um, infection fevers while I was on like an island that was like two islands away from Bali. And I was like, had to like go back on my scooter to get to the main hospital because I didn't have like the medical care required there. And like, it was like, I was like in a state for the start of it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like really bad. Like people were like, you might lose your leg if you don't go get this like sorted as soon as possible. Um, And I just had to like drive across and like ferry across in like two days. And 
there was just a stage where I was on the ferry as we were like getting in and like the ferry had been delayed like eight hours and we were just like sitting on this boat like going nowhere not really being told what was going on and then we finally get off and everyone's like really worried and all these people like hassling them at night like trying to like give them rides and stuff but everyone you could tell everyone really didn't know what was going on was really worried and I was just like at that stage I was like this is actually like like I felt like I'd hit like this bit where I was like if I can get through this like I can get through most things which was like a really cool like little revelation to have where I was like oh sweet like I can throw like you know take what a lot of these places throw at me which was cool yeah that would be so rewarding holy shit I didn't realize you were in a spot like that that sounds crazy yeah, it was um, it was definitely like one of those times where I was like very, yeah, like I mean, up until that point, I was like, oh shit, like you know, having people tell you that like you're gonna have to get your leg amputated was um, yeah, pretty scary, but um, yeah, it, it was it was definitely a good experience to have. And actually, after that, that's when um, G came to Indonesia and looked after me for like three days while my infection got really bad and I could barely walk and they just like went and bought me food and like rented out like a little motel room with me that is so good and I'm not surprised (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah it was was fantastic that actually what a fantastic person that I am reminded that I should go meet up with G soon because they're in Wellington so yeah I'm sure they'd love that yeah Oh my goodness, that's so funny. I saw G when I was in Wellington last, so we went and got lunch together and all that sort of stuff. Just reminds me so much of high school. What a unique, unique individual. I'm so going to have to do one of these with him. Oh, for sure. I would, I would. That would be amazing. Yeah. I might have to, well, I'll, I'll go onto Messenger when I'm, when I'm sending this to people and I will, I will add him to the group and make sure that he is well-versed. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Oh, crazy. Well, very good. Um, very good answer to that. It, it all makes a lot of sense. And where do you think you want to, you know, end up? Where do you want the end game to be? Um, Somewhere safe and secure? I think so. I think, like, you know, it's like we do these in our youth and, like, kind of get it out of the way and learn a lot of our experiences before we um, – settle down I think like I can understand why older people are a lot more like conservative in their views and less willing to change which is like self-growth and like changing the whole time there's like a lot of hard work you know like and I could imagine doing it for so many years you just get really really like tired of it and Mm -hmm. realize that there is no like universal truth to anything and it's only like kind of like the beliefs you choose to have until like something else comes in the way and then you're like oh like you know live by these values now but in reality i believe like there's no universal truth so whichever what point you choose to kind of settle at like that's fine and you know you kind of just know you will know when you've had enough of like those new experiences and changing how you see the world um but yeah i could definitely imagine settling down in like the next like 
you know, a few years and like really planting my roots somewhere and like, you know, making the most of that place and changing that place as opposed to just kind of going and doing the typical traveler, learn so much about the world, but not really give much back. Yeah, of course. I think that uh, a point I would like to add is even though it is tiring, changing all the time and having to learn all the time and things like that, the, you know, what we're talking about at the start of the conversation, I think it's still so important to remain impartial and not be so vehemently subscribed to your views that you can't actually, you know, see the benefits of how somebody else is yeah. existing. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. No, very good. Um, I have one final point I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I recently went to a dinner with a friend and turns out over lockdown, she got quite into Christianity and um, I was super intrigued by it. And generally most people that know me, I've been like quite against the concept of religion because I had never really given it too much thought other than the fact that it was silly, if that kind of makes sense. And um, I really wanted to give it, I really wanted to have an impartial look at everything, right? And I really wanted to go, like, see what the force was that was making you so happy, which I think is so cool. And um, so I went along to this dinner, and I met her pastor, who's Korean, right? So he didn't speak any English whatsoever. And he had a translator that he brought along with him, which I think was his daughter, but I can't actually confirm that. Anyway, he sort of, like, preached to people. And he had this big talk and everyone was sitting in the lounge listening, you know, all the people, all the guests of my friend's dinner. And he was telling us all about, you know, how Jesus washed away our sins and all that sort of stuff. And I think nobody else was really respecting it. They were sort of just there to support the friend. But I was hugely listening to it because, as I said, I wanted to be impartial. And it's like, well, the benefit of this has been astounding for my pal. So why the hell would I not give it a little bit of respect, you know? So I went up to this dude afterwards. He looked amazing. He was this big Korean guy, smiling, laughing. Like you could just tell he was actually happy, right? So regardless of whether I, I want to believe in God or not, I'm looking at this guy and I'm going, holy, give me some of that. You know, like whatever, whatever he's having, I want a bit. That sounds great. So I went up and I just started talking to him um, after his wee uh, talk that he had to everybody. And I was talking to his translator, which was hilarious, but we got to talking about things like the heart of man. And we were talking about specifically how I view the world, but it's from like a, a, like a virtue, moral, ethical sort of a standpoint, but we kind of reached the same conclusions. So like the example that I initially brought up to him was, yeah, I genuinely don't believe there is such thing as a bad person. Like, I think no person starts off as bad, even if you're a psychopath, which people always want to use as an example of people who should be locked up. I still don't think they're necessarily bad. It's actually just like mental illness, right? And I was just saying to him, you know, the people that go to jail, the people who do all these quote-unquote bad things are the people that are in terrible positions and kind of don't have options to do anything else. So... The ex like the Christian explanation for it is Jesus washed away our sins so that like, we can't sin. So that's why they're not doing wrong. But 
I think the way that it should be looked at is society pretty much forced them into exposition, right? And we were talking about this for a wee while and like thought it was quite funny how we reached the same conclusion, but I mean, oh, I'll, 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 I'll continue, like finish that point a wee bit later, but we moved on to talking about like the strength of the heart of man as well. And I think this is a really interesting point because he spoke about how you can't have a strong heart and be like a good virtuous person that can't do anything wrong without God. So I just asked him, I was like, why do you like, how far do you think you could get? Like how strong could you make your heart without God? Like, why does God have to be part of this equation? I mean, you're the one that's experiencing everything. You're the one that's, you know, you're the one with the reference points based on everything that's happened to you in your life. Like, why does God have to be part of this equation? And like, I can't exactly remember his response because it was more just along the lines of, you know, you need Jesus if you want to be able to understand how other people work. Because if you understand Jesus, then you understand how it was, it was quite an arbitrary answer. Um, so I, we, you know, the heart of man thing, I think he was, he just, he just enjoyed talking about it and we just enjoyed each other's company. It was really great. And then at the end of the conversation, um, he pretty much said to me, he was like, do you believe that Jesus washed away our sins? And I was just like, very respectfully, no. And then he was like, why is that? And I pretty much just said like, religion is the most convenient answer to all of the world's questions. And it just does not explain enough. Like, based on what I've seen of the world, not what I've experienced because I've been so fortunately fucking white boy privileged. Um, the world is such a shit place. And just because God gave us like free will or whatever the Bible says is not an explanation of why everything is so shit. And just like, I, I, I didn't bring up any trash generic points like, Oh, well, if God exists, why is it inequality? You know, anything like that, because I feel like that's just kind of ridiculing, his beliefs and all that sort of stuff. But it was just, it's just too convenient for me. Right. Mm. And I think that X bad thing happens. And then the answer is always just because God just isn't, isn't enough for me at all. And it's like, I've always felt a bit of a spiritual void. And I said this to him as well. And I was like, that's why I'm so drawn to you because you're so spiritual and I want to be, but I said to him, I was like, Christianity, God isn't the answer to my spiritual void because it's not an answer at all. It just seems it's just too convenient, if you know what I mean. And um that I think I almost feel as if I've clocked religion or like I understand it so much more now because it's like if you have any deficit in your life, you have any hole that needs to be filled, whether your like mental health is terrible, you don't have X person, like something's not going the way that you want it, how easy is it to fill that void by just saying God, you know, or just thinking you know, if you're like anxious, whatever, you're like, oh, well, at least I've got God. And then that void is just filled. And I think that it's just the most convenient answer for literally everything. And I think it just makes so much sense. And I don't look down anymore at all on people that are um, religious because it, fuck, it just makes so much sense. But it's just, I'm just not capable of it. But what are your thoughts? It's, I mean, it's real interesting. I'm real glad that you like went into you know, like a conversation with someone to like that depth and like actually a conversation as opposed to like an argument as well. Um, oh, there's no, like, that's the thing, man, is it's like, like I said, I wasn't like, okay, <laughs> well, like, why does Africa exist if God exists, you know? Yeah. 
that's like as absolutely disrespectful and taking the piss out of their beliefs. And I, I thought it was really valuable to, as I said to him, it's like, this is the sort of thing I'd rather have a conversation about. I don't want to be told about, you know, because that's what turns me off and turns a lot of people off. Yeah. Um, it's real. Like, I'm just going to go on a little bit of a ramble about this. So Give it. Well, I just had about five minutes, so you go. <laughs> well, I've, um, I mean, I've told you, like, in the past how, like, I've been, like, really enjoyed reading Sapiens and, like, mm-hmm. listening to, like, that kind of viewpoint on how pretty much the reason humanity has done so well is our belief or like our ability to believe in a myth and that myth can be anything like whether it be the myth of like religion the myth of like economics <laughs> yeah like capitalism <laughs> oh like n- none of it works until we like believe in it but it's like a great form of social cohesion and like you know if we didn't have this ability to believe in things that were like not that weren't like tangible you know that you couldn't like seal it see it or like feel it um we wouldn't be anywhere near successful and we'd still probably be in bands of around like 100 150 people because like people need that like common thing to believe in otherwise if there's so many people with all these different ways of like how the world works what you should believe in what spirituality is like we wouldn't really get anywhere um which yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. Um, but that was like one ramble where I've like, you know, kind of like seen how, like why these things are like good and like we can't deny that these, like having these things in place have actually got us to where we are in the world today in terms of like, like I know, although there are lots of shit things in the world, like we are kind of in the golden age of like quality of like life and access to food and all that sort of thing. Um but yeah, I, I I love that. That connection to Sapiens is so good. Excellence on that connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was I was actually also having a chat with one of my flatmates the other day because we were I that I asked them like, you know, do you actually believe like anyone in this world is inherently bad and inherently evil? And they initially were like, Yeah, like fuck yeah, like there are just some shit people and I'm like then we kind of got into the um, conversation of like my flatmate told me about determinism which you'll probably like kind of know what it is refresh my mind so that's like a free will argument right yeah it's like what you say um, I remember you saying it once about how you think no one has any free will yeah, and that is, it's essentially like what this um, determinism is, which is like pretty much everything you do and say, and all the bad things that happen have happened for a reason and like out of people's control, whether it be like how they've been brought up in the past, and like you know all the things to happen to them, whether it be like physical things going on inside their brain where they can't like process certain things and stuff. Um, and like that and like you know you can apply that to lots of like things in the world where you see people do shitty things and you're actually like they're like mentally unwell like they have like things not working in their brain that like the normal person would so how can we put ourselves in their shoes and say what they're doing is like bad because Mm -hmm. like they have no idea of that and that kind of like while you were talking about that 
it kind of made me realize that that is kind of almost like a spiritual belief in itself. Because if you think that, then you essentially believe in fate and everything happens for a reason. And like, there's no control over that, which... I almost feel like it's the opposite of fate, isn't it? Because it's like coming from the other end. It's like every, it's like everything that's happened previously is what's determining everything that's going to happen in the future, right? So I think my understanding of fate would... I feel like fate's a little bit more arbitrary. I don't know if I've butted in and been quite unproductive with this, but do you see where I'm coming from when I say... I, it feels to me, I'm struggling to articulate it, but it feels like it's from the opposite end. I mean, like, what I... Like, why I thought it would be fate is it's like, you know all that's happened and all that like will happen in our future is meant to be like, it's almost set on a course that mm. it's like, we cannot stop. Like true. Yeah. Yeah. Because all our decisions are already predetermined by things that have already happened. So in that way, I kind of see it as fate or like destiny. Like this is just the path that things will take until they get better or get worse. Um, yeah. Sorry. I feel like, I feel like, um, you even just like I hugely um, appreciate what you're saying. I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Um, also makes me sound more intelligible. But I think it was the, the initial thought of the words like fate and destiny and stuff like that kind of threw me off because they aren't very academic. So I was like, nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, like, I don't think that. <laughs> but actually, I guess like, you know, at the end of the day, I guess it's fundamentally what it is and you're dead right. And I, I think like that's the thing with like religion and maybe what you've like kind of what you had with like that um, preacher is like you can take it down to like a human level that like kind of gets past all the like spiritual wordings of things and like because God, but like maybe your default response to that now is like, well, because determinism and that's like the way it's meant to be, which is like you know boils it down and it's like i don't know i just think like when i get thinking about like lots of things and like the way the world is like a lot of it can just boil down to having like these ideas that are somewhat like we can't really explain why they happen and we can use whatever sort of form of like wording we want about it where it all kind of means the same thing um yet some people just want to have their word heard more than others you know yeah, of course. I think it's such a good, um, such good evaluation from you. Not gonna lie. Oh, I think appreciate it. Right off, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was right off the top. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! No, that's so good. Ooh, diarrhea, but there we go. <laughs> I mean, I'm still. Do you know, like Jack and I were talking about on the podcast. We we're like, oh my goodness, when you, even though we we're literally recording to talk to our pals. And I mean, you'll be able to share it with like your pals as well if you want to. Um, it still feels so pressuring, you know, like being being recorded and being on this, being on the podcast and stuff like that. Uh, Do you find that? Yeah, definitely. And it's like I've been having this thing with it where I'm like, there's so many questions I want to ask you, but then I don't want to get stuck on just asking you questions for like an hour and then like, <laughs> yeah, be like the Mitchell podcast. And I was like, well, the podcast is like. I don't know, flat for both of us. So, yeah, exactly. I think I um I'm like kind of kicking myself. This might sound ridiculous, but just honesty is good. I think um when we were talking about my like listening to your own advice thing, I feel like I completely butchered it. And I've been thinking about it, and I'm like, 
damn, I wish I said X thing or like I wish that I articulated myself better or like put a bit more like planning into it, if you know what I mean? I think that but, it's so funny because like, you know, I've said like some of the things I've said, I'm like, I wish I like didn't say it in that way. And I, <laughs> what that all boils down to as well, like that's boiling down to us wanting other people to think that we're so like good at speaking and like can like, you know, really say what we mean really well. There's me butchering it again. But like <laughs> it's so hard and, and I find I find especially for myself, I've been so conscious of not saying like that all I do now is say, Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like my substitute for it. Uh, that's actually funny because I remember before I was gonna go into this podcast, I was not gonna say like and thought about it heaps. And now that the podcast started I realized I've probably said it so much. <laughs> oh dude it's it's impossible it's it's the weirdest colloquial language thing i swear to god why the hell does everyone of our generation say like every third word it just doesn't make sense is it better than um like oh i'm not sure i don't think either particularly uh admirable but it's it'd be like that so here's the thing com it's 57 (laughs) minutes and i can only record up to an hour in each segment so like if you have anything else you want to talk about we can definitely make it happen but i just have to like exit and then do another thing i currently can't think of anything on that topic like i know like when we have conversations we can have hours and hours um but i'm not sure if people can hear us ramble that much <laughs> that's the thing and we will get even more unintelligible as the conversation goes on <laughs> as we delve as we delve deeper down the wormhole and just get like more fucked up <laughs> <laughs> all right one of my favorite um i i had previously asked people if they have any cool facts have you thought about that question at all any cool facts oh. if you don't have any cool facts give me a song request and i'll put it on at the end of the podcast uh, I'll give you a song request because my yeah, not good. <laughs> okay, what song? All right, we shall play um, "Spaceman" by yeah. Desmond Cheese. Okay, I'll make it happen, or- and I'll be able to post. I'll post this within the next like half hour or something as well, so it'll be all fresh and you'll be able to listen to it. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's brilliant well um a minute 30 left i'll just wrap it up thanks for talking i'm sorry it took so long for us to get there but we both just kind of fucking end up doing stuff eh? all up to different things but yeah thank you for yeah. me and being patient while i managed to find a time and all that hey no you too i mean it was <laughs> we're both equal in that that's that's you know can't help these things sometimes I've... yeah all right sweet well you take care and I um, hope you have a good rest of the day and stop being sick. Ah, uh, I will try. And we shall and, um, soon. Yeah, definitely. Good luck for your course when that starts as well, if I don't talk to you before then. All righty. Thank you. Take All right. Later. Take care, my friend. I'll flick your text shortly. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. See, See you later.